Good afternoon. We're about to commence the uh, second half of our afternoon session today. And the uh, professor has uh, quite an exciting uh, subject uh, up in front of us uh, on trading the uh, basis of gold with using gold and silver options. So um, without further ado, uh, Professor Fekete. Thank you. There developed a very lively discussion during the break here and uh, we decided to continue with that discussion because this is something very very interesting I was expecting to do that uh, and then I <laughs> see that's what the uh, financial crisis does to our little planning here <laughs> then I backed off and now it seems to me that there is interest in the subject so we are going to uh, pursue it at least to the extent of part of this uh, slot. The topic is understanding the gold and silver option markets. Now let's simplify it and just stay with gold because basically everything what we can say about gold can be repeated for the silver. So we are going to talk about the gold option markets. In what way are options different from futures? Well, a future contract gives you the right and the obligation to deliver gold at the stated price at the time of expiry. So it's both a right and an ob obligation. Whereas an option, a gold call option, is the right without the obligation, which makes it very attractive to a lot of people because they realize that if you have a long future position, then you can get margin calls and your losses are open-ended just as your your profits are open-ended. This is not the case with an option where there is a, an option premium which you can lose but you wouldn't lose no more than the premium. So uh, it would appeal to conservative uh, investors who like to limit their uh, risk exposure. And these are the call options. In other words, a gold call option gives you the right without the obligation to buy at a set price between now and the expiry date. But that's that's only half of the loaf. The other half of the loaf is a different kind of option. It's the put option. And the put option gives you the right to sell at a predetermined price without the obligation. So uh, there is uh, an, also an appeal, those who would uh, like to go short, but would want to limit their risks may look at the put options. 
And the interesting thing is that you can go long and short on both types of option. In other words, you can buy the coal, but you can also sell it. And that is the strategy which comes in when you are talking about covered sales. You are covered short positions, uh, which means that you uh, own the gold and write a call option. By the way, the word selling a call and writing a call are used interchangeably, right? It's uh, 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 just another way of saying it. Uh, so when you sell, when you have the gold and you sell the coal, which means write a coal option, then you uh, have a possibility of earning a return. And this is actually it seems to me the preferred method of people trying to uh, generate an income on their holdings. There was a little discussion during the previous period uh, and I asked this question of Brown whether this option market here, it's in Australia this option market, right? Uh, well it's really we're just trading on behalf of clients with a bullion bank, so it's really a London, it's effectively oh, it's a London, okay, okay. I asked the question, are very short expiry options involved? And the answer was, <coughs> they get away from This is actually what you would need. But you see, uh, options are approaching expiry every, all the time. So it's always possible to do this uh, strategy if you want to generate a gold income on the gold uh, holdings, physical gold. And, uh, and uh, I think the subject is certainly uh, worth looking into. So that's what we try to do. Now keep in mind when you buy a call or buy uh, put, there is no margin requirement. You just pay the premium and that's the limit of your liability. You can lose the premium but not more than that. And the gains are open-ended. So this on the face of it looks very attractive but of course you have to be careful because there are lots of pitfalls and I don't want to go into that. However, when you are selling a call, in other words writing a call, or selling a put, in other words you are writing a put, then there is a margin involved because the, there is a liability that it, the, your, uh, your liability is not limited the same way uh, as you have when you just buy the put or buy the call. Okay, now I add one more thing and then I just uh, ask uh, Tom to relate all this to the basis. I, we agreed that he will cover this and then there will be a discussion and debate on that. 
if you have a bullish strategy, if you want a bullish strategy, then you can do two things. Either buy the call, the gold call, or sell the gold put. Both will give you uh, profits in case the gold price goes up. If you have a bearish strategy, then you again have a choice between two uh, strategies. One is to sell the call, then you are speculating that the price will go down and then you will profit, or buy the put. Now these are not identical, but they are elements of, as I say, bullish or bearish strategy. So that's just a very, very elementary uh, notion which you have to understand before you go any further. It could become a complex subject. We are not going to pursue it to the bitter end because that would lead us too far. However, uh, the, the relationship between the option uh, market and the basis is very interesting. So I'm asking Tom to take over and discuss that. Okay. Um, the way I've actually I'm going to do this is, is demonstrate uh, perhaps a strategy that we might actually be able to use today in the market. Recall earlier we said that perhaps one strategy involving trading the basis would be to uh, um, go along the uh, sort of a, a spot price for the futures and then wait until that. Uh, the, there's a difference there, the contango, which may be 4%, and then wait for that to shrink and essentially sell for a profit when that, when that shrink is taking place. But that's not something we could do now because, of course, we're near 0%. So, you know, unless we think things are going to go into deep backwardation, um, perhaps you might think that the strategy would be to do the opposite. So, um, this is actually Larry, who I have to kind of thank partially with his constant questioning on this one subject that I don't think we fully understood all of the, the impact of it, but uh, um, there is in fact one way to do this and it involves options and I think it demonstrates sort of what type of things you can do with the basis when you fully understand it um, and, and uh, sort of a, a pretty sophisticated trading, but when, when it comes down to it, it's actually relatively simple. So, Maybe, let me back up before that. So, so this strategy uh, would be essentially um, to be long the futures as sort of a proxy for being long gold. So you could think that you know you've got a physical gold or silver or silver position, um, but in fact, if you're long the futures, it is a you know it's it's sort of a proxy for it. And the best way to sort of uh, say that that's true is that when that futures contract comes into expiration, you can actually take delivery on the uh, underlying gold and silver under the contract. Um, so I'm going to say that go long futures. And I'm going to use a price here, let's say that's 750. Okay. Well, let's just say it's one contract, so then we use gold, uh, one pounds. 
so this is pretty basic. Obviously, you're you know the price of gold goes to eight fifty. You've made a hundred dollars, or yeah, hundred dollars times hundred ten thousand um, dollars. If we were to do this in terms of uh, uh, the standard um, uh, basis trade. Uh, as a spread, we might say, well, this future is going to go long, is let's say the December 2008 futures, that's 750, and let's say then I might go short the March 2009. We've done this before, but just so that we see how that works, let's say that's trading at 760, okay, and then as so this comes into expiration, we would we would want to see this price increasing relative to this price. Now it could mean that both prices have actually fallen, but if that happens, we want to see this one fall less uh, than this one in this case. So you're really looking at closing the gap between the 750 and 760. Okay. But let's say now that instead of doing this because this gap may be non-existent, meaning that the March 2009 might be 750.5. So there's not a lot of gap to close, there's no money to be made. But <coughs> we think about options as sort of what we've said earlier as a, as a valid strategy here. So we find a December 2008 <coughs> call option. Uh, let's say it's a call option for $800 strike price. Meaning that if you're long this call option, if you purchase this call option, you will make uh, money on it if the price of gold at the expiration of all the options still uh, um, prior to expiration, if the price of gold is above 800 you make a dollar for each uh, dollar uh, that is above it. And these call options are really for the same 100 ounces uh, because, and we don't need to get too far into this, but really when you buy a call option, actually what you're doing is you're buying the right to buy the December futures at $800. So clearly if the price of gold is 820, then you have the right to buy at 800, you have that $20 uh, gain. Um, so here we have the December 2000 call option 800 strike, but clearly we're not going to try to buy it because we already have this long position here in the December 08. Uh, so what we want to do is to create the spread or the basis trade because we need to be short on this side. But now let's look at what, what it means to be long and short here. If I'm buying this, I'm paying a premium. And let's, let's say this premium, I don't know what it is exactly, but let's say it's... So this call option is going to cost $2,000, which means that um, I have to pay this up front. And then if the price of gold trades above 800 prior to expiration, which is last week in November, uh, I will make some money. But if gold doesn't trade up to $800, I'm not going to make, I'm going to lose this entire premium. Okay. If gold only trades up to 820, say expiration. Twenty. 
And then what happens? Right, yeah, we just broke even. So really, you have to factor in the premium before you can start celebrating when you when the price of gold is above 800. An example of this that's pretty funny is one time uh, me and a bunch of friends. I used to go uh, uh, to uh, to the tracks to bet on the horses a little bit, and uh, <laughs> 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 I found this one this one race. We thought we were so smart. There's five five horses, <laughs> and uh, we uh, uh, we somehow managed to pick uh, uh, a trifecta. Uh, the trifecta is basically picking the first, second, and third horse in order when Tyson show. And we combined all the horses in order and it cost us like twelve dollars or something. But we can't lose, this is amazing. I mean, you know, uh, look at this trifecta pays all this money. And uh, what that, that 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 if you add up all the different possibilities of the trifecta winning, it was like nine dollars. <laughs> <laughs> And of course we won because we picked every combination that we could of the horse, but you know, we were celebrating running around and then we said, wait a second. That was a horse track make money. So we didn't even go to cash this. I have been doing horses for a couple years and I just I was with my friends and oh my god, I picked this up. So this this has happened to me. So now he's in comments. <laughs> and I saw one in the money, I was so excited that no, it didn't work out. So this is pretty important, but, but it's a, an interesting thing here, though, is that if you're, you know, so if you buy and you pay this, but of course if you're selling or riding in the call option, you get this. So, so what you've done, though, if you forget this part and you sold the call option, you get the $2,000, but if gold goes above 800 you now have a liability for that, and if it goes above 820, this premium that you earned up front has been, you know, sort of fully offset. And of course, if it keeps going up, you're going to lose your shirt. Um, but this is interesting, though. If you're, if you have this futures contract, for every dollar that gold goes up, you make money here, okay? And for every dollar that gold goes above 820 here, uh, you lose a dollar. So in effect, it's you can see how it's an offset. But it's better than that, right? Because what happens if, let's say that, uh, trying to think, what is the maximum? Could you, could you talk to What is your maximum gain here? Oh, $70. Seven, $70, right, or $7,000, yeah. So, is that right? Well, it's $70, $750 to $820, and you lose the $2,000. So, so if it's at $820, so, so if it expires at exactly $820, yeah, okay. right? Um, Actually, it, no, it, it'd be 800, right? Yeah. So oh, yeah. it would have to expire. So, so if at expiration the gold price happens to be exactly 800, what you've done is that from 750 to 800, you've made $5,000 on this long futures position. And then since it expired by the strike price, you don't owe anything on this call option, but you get to keep this $2,000 premium. So you've made $7,000. Now, if if you just held gold outright, then you would have made five thousand dollars, right? So we can see how, in effect, this premium becomes the income that you earn um, on gold by essentially. What did your um, advisor say? Short, short options. So he, yeah, options. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's, that's what we're talking yeah. about here. Okay. Um, 
But here's an interesting thing. Uh, this, this alone, but I've done this quite a bit myself. Um, and usually the way I do it is that I, I have what I think is a peak price. So I don't think the price is going to go above a certain level. So um, I'm pretty confident that you know I'm going to earn this premium. Um, and in any case, you're going to earn the premium regardless, aren't you? Or you well, might, if it goes up over 750, you are. Right. Right. Well, mm -hmm. you're going to earn the premium regardless, even if, if it goes premium, below 750. Yes. So the other thing this does, aside just from the basis, is that let's say gold goes to 700. Let's say we're unlucky. Down so we're still better off because you've lost 50 on the futures, but uh, yeah, you're down 3,000 because it's 100 ounces, but you're only down you know, so it's 5,000 on the contract, but you but you've made 2,000 on the option. So this, in effect. Um, and we were trying to draw a, 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 this chart of how the values change, but it's way too complex. Um, but in fact, you've, you've, uh, this is clearly better than what you, you would have done had you just owned gold outright. Uh, and in fact, at all points up, up until um, 820, right, you would be better off. Um, by going by, by using by having futures and selling the call option. Uh, well, that's what you call covered writing. Yeah. That's right. That's covered writing. It is, but the interesting thing here is that is that this and this is what Larry and I think we weren't really connecting on is that if you have a gold position, you could essentially make a loan to yourself or borrow some gold from yourself and put it into these futures and generate an income, which would be $2,000. And this example is maybe not realistic, but you could, you know, it's still substantial. And in fact, you know, pay yourself enough at a minimum. And this is the goal, I think, of many traders that do this, is to cover the storage fees. And if you've got 1,000, 2,000 ounces, you know, you may be storing an allocated basis in equipment or whatever. So if you can cover just the cost of storage, that is in itself a pretty significant thing. But um, you know, it's, it's very possible you could do better than that. But and I'll, I'll explain in a second why that or when you might be able to do that. Um, but are there any questions so far on just this? Yes. And what scenario are you going to lose? Or are you telling me this is a sure and you just can't lose it? You're going to lose money if the price of gold keeps going down because you're long in the futures. But if you consider that. You, let's say you had a thousand ounces of gold, you sold a hundred ounces, and then you used that money to fund this futures account and fully, fully mar you know, full margin. Then, in effect, you haven't really lost anything because had you held that gold physically, you, you know what I'm saying, you'd still be down. So on a net basis, you have you haven't really lost. But of course, when the price of gold goes down, we all have unrealized losses. Can we take a uh, look at them? Uh, did, that price? Answer, did, hold, hold, did that answer the question? I don't know if that. So if the price goes down, you lose money on this deal, but you lose money by being by having only gold if the price of gold goes yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. But um, so in the event of it going down, um, your losses can can there's no limit. Will stop no, no, zero. Go go. no. Um, Yes. But, but this, the you could do a stop loss, down. but then you're, you're adding something to this. If yeah. you were just to simply say, I had 100 ounces of gold, and you know, but here's, here's an interesting thing though, is that you know that 
the response is not unlimited because gold can only go to zero. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. You wouldn't be doing that. Realistically, it could. If that's true, it could. But the problem is, if you have stop losses, then you're faced with the decision of when you re-enter the trade. So let's not get into that because, again, that's a trading strategy. <coughs> but realistically, you might say that the bottom is, too, you know, might be like 250. Okay. I mean, that was the bottom in 2000. I, I would think that in the worst case scenario, do, do, does anyone here think, I mean, that it could even go to 250? But even if you just said, let's say it's 250, there's something that's dust free, though. By setting some bottom that's, that's whatever it is, is completely ridiculous. See, you don't have to have full margin on this, right? Because you can, you can have 1,000 ounces, sell 100 of it to fund this account, but then only keep 50,000. So $750, if you had this full margin on this gold, there'd be $75,000 of margin sitting in this account. But since you think the absolute bottom is probably going to $250, you only really need to put $50,000 in. So with that other $25,000, you can either buy gold back, buy 25 ounces, or you can invest it or take a vacation or whatever you want to do. Um, you could buy back your 100 ounces at $250. <laughs> True. Very good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's excellent, right? You went to two fifty, you lost all of this, but you kept, two, you know, yeah. you kept that money. That's actually a great idea. <laughs> so so let's hope gold goes down. Fractal. So, um, but you're right. That that's that that actually would work. Um, Here's the thing, though. So this is, has the components of what we talked about here, but but here's where it may get a little bit more interesting. Um, in the scenario we are at now, which is near sort of the contango being very small, almost backwardation, because you know, as we recall, when when that's that that's the case, what it really means is that the futures price and the spot price are pretty close. But when we have back uh, build up of contango again. That means the futures price is higher, and if let's say the spot price is 750 today and the futures price is 750, and and that's now the contango is like well let's just say zero percent, and then we go back up to four percent, but nothing happens with the spot price. What would happen with the futures price? I might have totally complicated that. It would go up right four percent. So four times what is this 28 30? Again, I'm trying to do math here. So it might it might be. Now that's an annualized, so this would have to be like December 09 futures, but I um, mean that might have been the one I should have used in this example. So simply the contango returning to its own sort of uh, maximum level without the spot price even doing anything um, would mean that the futures could move, this particular futures contract could go up $30, nothing's really happening to the spot price, so the Kitco it's absolutely dead. Futures price is back because it's going up to 780. Um, it's not clear to me, and, it, and it's very possible that this is not factored into the price that people are willing to pay for options. Okay, and this is important because if this price is like now 4% contango, and so you're at let's say 780, and nothing is happening, you know, on the you know on the, uh, with the spot price. Um, it's possible that this premium would maintain a relatively 
sort of stable value. Um, and then if the tangle is built back in, it goes back into 780, uh, or I'm sorry, if this goes back down to 750, it's possible that there wouldn't be a very large decrease in this. And of course, you want when you're selling a call option, you, you want to get the most that you can for it. Okay. So, and I haven't really done all the math on this, um, uh, but it will occur to me that that even though this strategy by itself is what this is the bull and bears. I don't know if you guys have read Professor's work. Bull. What I just described is really the bull and bear skin. Um, meaning, um, you see traders with, with this short position, but really what they have is also a long position. And I would bet that there's actually long futures that a lot of these supposed shorts have. Uh, and we mentioned this earlier, and this is precisely how they would do this. But beyond that, you know, if we take into account that we have this contango that could shift from like a 4% to 0% back and forth, um, this strategy to me would make much more sense when your contango is the lowest, because your futures price is the lowest, and if the contango is to increase back up, this futures price would go up, and of course you'd be making money on this position, but it wouldn't go up so much if you price if you put the exercise strike price out so far that it wouldn't be in the money. So in this case, you actually, for this example, 780, you might have said the strike price is... Okay, but but you can maybe do better because you can set it at 780 yeah. and you might make 3,000. Yeah. You might get 3,000 for the... Um, Three thousand up the top, you pay five thousand. No, well, no, you might get three thousand dollars of premium for this contract. So you just simply see how you, you 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 set your you buy the strike price that gets you back the futures price gets you back to the to the to the to the to the, to the upper band of the contango. Okay, that might be an, an ideal level to set this at. And even if that doesn't happen and the price of gold goes up, you're still going to make the 3,000 plus the 3,000. Um, unless, of course, it goes up high enough, then you're going to make at least the 3,000 that you would have anyway on, on, on the contract. And if the price goes down, you've lost 3,000 less than what you would have lost. So I think this is one strategy that, that could be immediately employed by someone that already understands these things. If any of you are planning to do this, please do it with a broker. No, because you're long the futures. So you're long this. When you sell the call option, it is short, but it's a spread, right? It's the 750 or 780 and the strike price. You're going to make that money regardless if the price goes up. Um, and then once you get above the strike price and plus the premium, you lose a dollar on this, but you make a dollar on that. So they fully offset. Um, so you don't want to just do this one. Never, I would never recommend doing this one outright. No, this is not good. People do this and then get, they get into really big trouble. <clears throat> the only way to make money off of this, I mean, the, the professionals do this, but some, some do maybe sell this on a naked basis, but you really got to know what you're doing because uh, it's very easy to be run completely flat. If you're effectively wanting to buy gold, 
that's a good strategy because you're buying it, you're talking about the loss. Now, if you bought the gold outright at that price, <coughs> price goes down, you make that paper loss, you don't sell it. So that's the same effect here. You're effectively buying it. Um, now, you're talking about a margin call. That would have, you're not actually paying that full amount until the ex uh, exercise time? If you had a margin call, I mean, I, I would say just avoid the margin call by funding enough in this account to take it down to whatever you think the minimum price is. But if you think you're a little bit, if you think you can, you know, if sometimes a margin call, you know, oh, you got a margin call. Okay, I'm going to wire the funds. Two minutes later, you're out of the position. So so if the market is moving fast enough, you don't have a chance to actually even re react to the margin call. But if you think that you're fast enough, you can maybe keep some of that money out of that and put it into, I don't know, I mean, keep, yeah, but, you know, I mean, yeah, but anything that might earn interest or, what you know, whatever else or, you know, um, as you were saying, if you sort of keep it and, you and, and you know, because you may want to keep some cash now because you think the price, if the price does go down, then you could buy it back. <laughs> you have money to buy back three of these contracts at 250. I could take all the, to keep all the 75 or 70,000 and it does go to 250. There's the thought, if we buy three of these contracts, this is hopefully bottom or we're all bankrupt. We go down to like a hundred or fifty. Some of us are not going to have enough to eat, I think. But um, then you can buy three, and if it goes back up, then you know, then you've made way more than you've lost on the way down. So there's different different strategies. But go ahead. Um, in a way, your losses, if you make money, I did this a lot with BHP a number of years ago. And what you lose if it goes up is the fact that it can go up higher than what you're going to make from the premium. Plus, well, you don't sell it for more, you're actually just buying it. You make it from the premium, but you're actually missing out on some of the up side. Yeah, that's right, so I would never say you would take all your thousand ounces of gold, you know, that's what it started out with saying, you yeah. take 100 ounces of your gold or 200 or whatever is enough to make enough income off of this to cover storage fees, an annual vacation, whatever it is that you would want to generate income off of your gold. Okay. And you might only want to do this if this, I'm sorry, only when the contango is maybe lower because I think you've got a better chance of recovering that contango. Whereas you might do the spread trade that I explained earlier when the contango is high, meaning you would go long the futures and not short the call option, but short a further out futures when the contango is high. And then when the contango shrink, shrinks, you sell that or you buy back this futures here and you short a call option and wait for the contango to increase back up. Remember earlier I said, gosh, I don't think there's any sort of strategy to do the other way, but I think I was actually wrong. I think this strategy, which is something I've used myself in, in different ways, but never, in, in, you know, I never kind of thought about it in terms of, even just this, you can write it, this is pretty basic, but when you include the, 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 this idea of the basis, I think it could be a, a very, very powerful mechanism. And I'd have to really, I can't really say how much of this, you know, this, you know, you actually get uh, back, but um, I think it would be pretty easy to test this um, and find out pretty quickly. I was just about <laughs> December 2008, the put option. You're selling. You're selling. Well, we're, we're selling this. Selling this is this is we sold a call option. Oh, it's all cool. Yeah, sold a call option oh, in order to. selling the options. So, yeah, we're selling the options oh, right, so, so that we get the premium here because this is our income for the premium. Oh, right. Yeah, you know, sorry. yeah, exactly. Uh, this wouldn't work the same way if you bought a put option because you don't want to be paying, you want to be receiving. You know, you want to be receiving income. 
Sorry. Yeah. Uh, the best time for these to work is where the actual price of or share price, but gold price remains reasonably static, and then this is a great way of generating income. And the other question is, where can you do it? Where can you buy options for gold in Australia? You open up a U.S. account. Would this be something that you could sort of? Yeah, we've done it. But, um, to be honest, we, we did it for this one client, but um, you know we don't, we don't have a proper computer system. It's a simple buying selling computer system, and so we're in the process of actually getting a proper treasury system which will have all the sort of valuation and mark-to-market functionality and then I will certainly be pushing internally that we make it available to depository clients that, you know, that they can then buy options on gold in Aussie or US dollars and do forwards or whatever to a select limited sort of, not, you know, not marketed to every single client. Um, but yeah, I mean, they will be at least, you know, you'd have to be buying a thousand ounce option contract would be the absolute minimum. And the premiums on those can be ten bucks an ounce. I've seen premiums down as two bucks an ounce, up to ten to fifty bucks an ounce on at least a thousand ounces. So you need it's at least a ten thousand dollar, I would say, a five to ten thousand dollar premium that you'd be generating or risking if you're buying. So it's reasonably I mean, what it's. Maybe another idea would be is what are there warrants or options in some of the gold mines? And I, mean, I know that's not an exact thing, but there's also the ETF here, I guess. I don't know if there's warrants or, or options on the ETFs, but it, you wouldn't have the margin, but you would still essentially, you know, be doing the same thing. There some are extent. some Australian brokers that do have futures accounts where you can yeah. trade COMEX futures yep. in Australian dollars. You just have to inquire of your broker if there is anybody. Yeah. I, I, I know one, but you have you have the option of keeping your account in U.S. dollars or Australian dollars. You keep it in Australian dollars, if the exchange goes against you, they'll give you a margin call, which is very annoying because you bought an option. You shouldn't have a margin <laughs> <laughs> So just to really confuse the auditor of my super account where I do this, I keep that account in U.S. dollars. <laughs> That's a good point. But uh, you know, the other thing, too, is that you would never want to do this like with some automated broker if you're not familiar with this because it's pretty easy to mess up on these things, selling or buying, and you enter a market order, or you get the wrong period, and you, you can really make a mess of something like this. You know, if, you, if you haven't done it for a while, I would recommend that you start this out with, you know, and discuss the strategy with the broker and you know, go from there. Now, do, do, obviously, these are full service there brokers. Okay, so. okay. Any other questions on this particular? Got everyone thoroughly confused and excited. <laughs> okay. That's fine. I guess it's not quite a question, but um, in my mind, when I thought of um, covered short, uh, because I've never traded futures, or, uh, I thought that um, you're covering your short position, whether it's in future markets or in the option market, because you have a physical. Um, what you're talking about here is a covered short using futures. Right, your long futures, right, and your short options, your short options. Yeah, short and uh, uh, but but really, I mean, this is still if you consider sort of forget the physical, you just look at long, and so you're you know. And do this using Yeah, you could not, you could do this same thing in effect by um, 
put, you know, placing physical gold in. The only problem is going to be is that there's going to be a margin requirement on this. Well, I guess there'd still be here, but you'd have to really come up with net money. Um, uh, because when you sell, you know, a call option, uh, th there's a, uh, it's essentially a, a, a short position in futures, so you, you have to pay, you have to have a margin on that. And of course, if this is the only side you have, if it starts going, uh, uh, you know, $900, $1,000, blah, 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 you're going to have to sell your physical gold, somehow get it over to the futures account before the, you know, so a lot of the time, literally margin call is like 10 minutes, or if you have 20 minutes, or, you know, if you've worked, if you've been with a broker for like 20 years, maybe they'll give you a few hours, but, you know, so this would be a pretty dangerous way to do it. If, now, unless you had this gold there at the warehouse, at the storage warehouse like Comex, and you were comfortable with doing a transaction called an exchange for physicals, or you could take your gold and call up the broker and say, is there anyone that wants to buy gold? And then what you would do is you would transfer the gold and you, you create a, a long futures position and repl replacing your long physical gold position. Too complex, not something that your average trader is really going to be able to do. So this really would be, I think, the way you'd want to do it um, in order to, to do this strategy. But especially, you know, you can't, you won't get the this ability to recover the contango unless you're using futures. And, you know, you might, you could even use, I mean, I said December 2008, but you could use December 2009, and then you have even a larger movement in these futures. And in fact, on the, and under the uh, call option, of course, you can earn even a larger premium. But what I'd have to see, and I think there's probably a, a, a point at which this this ability to move, you know, to have this contangle to get recovered uh, would sort of go away at some point. So I think, I, I suspect that this is more likely to occur in the, in the, near, in the more nearby future. Yes. If you go with your futures a year out, wouldn't several options expire by that time and you'd have to, uh, you know, you could write another one in theory? Uh, like another 2000, another well, 2000? You could, you could use the December 2009 option. No, but why would you want to? I mean, if it expires in December 2008, you kept your 2000 bucks and you write another option. Oh, of course. Against your outstanding future. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I'm just saying that, that, that in order to maximize the amount of movement in this contango, this four percent, you know, this would to get this thirty-dollar move here. This would have to be the December two thousand nine option because four percent is an annual number. You know, if it's if it's like two months away, it's only like I don't know three quarters of one percent. But you know, again, that might be enough if you do it enough times in a year. You cover your storage costs, or you know, you generate a significant income. In fact, what Rudy is saying is, I think the preferred way because. I think the shorter the uh, time to expire is, the better f from the point of view of earning the income. Because uh, you see, given high enough volatility, the premium will be high enough. But then, since it's going to expire, in maybe a few days or at most a couple of weeks time your chance of pocketing that premium yeah, is right so up. much better yeah this but is a separate yeah i mean there's there's a curve right there's a decay curve as to how time value declines and you want to be a seller at where it has the greatest 
greatest you know gradient, and then you want to be a buyer when it has the least, the lower gradient. So, I mean, if you really got very sophisticated about this and serious, then you'd buy the proper software and you'd price out all the option points, and you would buy it, you know, wherever the gradient. You know, well, probably something like this. You buy it in this range here, you know. And I don't know what that is. Ten. It could be different in different times because it's volatility. You know, uh, yeah, other things going to it. My point is that uh, it doesn't look attractive to me to sell that uh, long-term option. The, yeah, the two th yeah, the 2009. I was only using this example here for mm. that. Yeah, but, uh, but I mean, uh, if, if you go out a full year ahead, then you are better off doing this, say, 12 times. Right, right. True, true. That's a good point. And yeah, since you have the cash goal... Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, the, the other thing you could do is that you could, you could you know, exit these positions. Um, and since you have the cash gold, there's no expiry involved on the gold. That's true, yeah. But the, the more often you can sell against that, the, the option, the, the, probably your income has a better chance to stay in your pocket because it could so easily jump yeah. out. And <laughs> I would certainly say that, yeah, I mean, it's December 2009. I mean, you really have to see if, <coughs> yeah, that might be a little too far out. Any other questions? Sure. Uh, do you effectively have the gold if you have the future? Like, if you do one month out on the option and you know, uh, the gold goes into money and you get the call and have to provide the gold to meet the option, do you... Have the goals in the future, or do you have to then go and buy other goals? Does um, that future only come into play at the end of the 12-month period? Well, let's just even back off the 12 months and just assume we can do this monthly, because I think that actually is probably the better way. But um, <coughs> if this goes, in, if if this uh, call option goes into, uh, uh, it's in the money. Okay, so it's about eight hundred dollars. Then yes, this is gonna. What what is gonna happen is you are going to be. Um, short on that day uh, for December 2019, like November 26th, you can look in your account and you're not going to have a short call option, you're going to have a short futures. But since you have a long futures, you're going to cancel out, you're going to make the net difference, okay, 5,000, 7,000, depending on where you are, or someplace in between those two numbers. And uh, then you would have to, you know, sort of quickly go into, you know, replace this futures by going long to January and repeating it. But really, January is not even a month as a, a good contract month. So you probably want to be long February. Okay. But you'd, you'd pretty much know that on the day, and you'd probably get a call from your broker saying, this thing, you know, this thing is going into money. Um, but actually, I don't even, when, when I do this now, they don't call me because I know they know one of my strategies is just let these things offset against each other. Um, and then the next day, you just don't see anything, so it's all gone. But you would want to, you're right, you would want to then go long again. But unlike <coughs> if this call option was in the money and you had physical gold, then you're right. It, what it would mean is you'd essentially have to deliver that physical gold and you'd get that price, $800 per ounce. But then you'd have to go out, repeat the thing, buy physical gold again, bring it back to the warehouse, you know, get the, get the warehouse receipt for it, and then repeat this. You know, doing it this way uh, avoids that, and it, I wouldn't say that this is a method that we'd use for accumulation. This would purely be a method that you would use to generate income, and I would suggest that it be done at a point when contango is low. If contango is high, again, what you probably want to do is that spread 
that we talked about long futures <coughs> in the spot month and short futures in the outer month. So this would be a strategy that you'd go back and forth on, you know, probably using the same type of up and down, you know, sort of uh, uh, volatility in the contango that we saw with Professor Draw on the charts on the previous page. Can I make a comment? Sure. What you said is only one side of the story. The other side is you can buy back all those contracts by closing out. Well, of course, you can use and all sorts of And then if you have positions, is losing, you can stop loss, and if you're uh, yeah, gaining, you can let your options, or, you know, you can always let your uh, money run, or you can buy back your core options, and you square your position. You don't have to touch your gold. No, no, yeah, and a lot of times what happens is that, let's say, gold has been at 750 from, for like three to five days, but all of a sudden now goes... 751 days, 790, 760, 780, you know, yeah, it's kind of back and forth. You out your positions. The, you know, the, this, this premium, well, in this case, it would go up. That wouldn't be good for you. <laughs> <laughs> but but let's say it was fluctuating. Maybe that's the other way to do it. Is if it's fluctuating a lot and then it kind of settles down, this premium might go down. So you may want to buy back. Yeah, that's right. You yeah. may want to buy back this option at like $1,000 and just lock in that profit and not take the risk that by expiration it goes into the money. So you, ha you do have more obviously options and I'm simply saying that what the maximum is and you can at any point in time sort of say you know I've earned enough on this position it's time to exit it. Just using your example no fancy work let's say you hold it expired is your maximum gain here 7,000 and your maximum loss 3,000? I just want to clarify that in my mind. Is, um, that, is that the ban? <laughs> okay. Well, let's let's use a, let's use an let's let's do something here. And, and if it was, that's why I'm asking. If it was, just that that would imply that you're expected gain, whether whether you're right that it's going to go up or wrong, is the premium you get. Well, let's let's let's, let's let's take this example. Let's say it's three thousand. Let's say it was seven fifty. Let me just modify this example a little bit. I think it'll help demonstrate and answer the question. Let's say I put a stop loss on the long futures position at 720. Okay, which means that if the if the futures price trades down to 720, I I would exit this position. Okay, now this gets tricky because then then you have to put as soon as you put the stop loss in, you'd have to put a position in to re-enter the market back in at 750. Um, Sorry, I was I was implying you don't do any of that. You just you just no, but I just want to demonstrate that if you do this, okay, and then you have a, 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 an entry back in at 750, you you can't lose money on this position. Okay, so there there is no loss if you if you sell at 720, as long as you reestablish a position. If you move up to 750 again, um, well, you lost for the commissions in effect. Um, but you've already had this week, you know. Well, right, you're right. You lose, you lose. Well, yeah, you lose the premium, but it wasn't, you know. I mean, you didn't have the premium to start with, so you're back at zero. So there is no total loss. I don't know if that. See what I'm saying? Because you set your stop loss at three thousand dollars below, but you earned three thousand dollars on the on the option. So you lost three thousand here, but you had three thousand in your account, so you've evened out. Now your problem is, is you still you still are short this call option. Okay. 
ready to buy it back. Well, then, you, then, you, then, you've lost money. then you've lost money. So, so in this case, you know, you would you would have you would go long again at seven fifty. But you see, the point is that if you were sold out at seven twenty due to your stop loss, the call option is going to expire because it's nowhere near the strike of eight hundred. Unless it goes to seven by nineteen, like it happens to me a lot of the time, it goes right to seven nineteen. I just had a stop. You know, it just goes one more dollar lower. And then it reverses and goes up a hundred dollars. I often I often think that I you know I'm the one that's yeah, moving it. Sometimes it feels that way. But, uh, yeah. So terrible. I'm just trying to demonstrate that you don't you know you can you, you this really is money that you it's like free money. Okay. Free money. And, and then it is. Free money. I understand. Yeah. Because you know as long as you are going to be long. 100 ounces of gold anyway, and are willing to, to, to let it go. I mean, you know, you're hard long here. You're not, you're not going to trade this. This is 100 ounces you're going to keep until, you know, kingdom come. Then, this every time you earn, you know, every time you can do one of these things, you're going to earn money. And every two months. Up and you get called. No, if you, you you might lose your gold. It gold keeps coming going up. Yeah, but then you just, I mean, let's you okay. keep your premium. Let's say gold goes to a thousand here, okay? Um, you're gonna let it go to expiration now, but it goes to a thousand, and okay. that may be one reason why you want to be pretty close. By the way, to and I just yeah, heard me to, to, because if this is a December '09 and now this thing is way in the money, yeah, you're gonna wait probably until December '09 and let this thing, you know. Uh, going to expiration. Of course, that might also mean that this thing goes back out of the money by then, so there might be an offset to that. But ideally, you only have a few days, so if it does go sort of in the money, you let this thing expire and it gets and then you try it, you know, you do it again sort of, you know, the next month. Um, but in this case, if gold goes to 1000 okay, you've made, let's see what you've made, $25,000 in the, on the, on the futures. You're down $20,000. You still make five. You've made five. Less cost three. Plus three. Eight. Right? No? Yeah. So it doesn't matter if gold goes really high, you've still made eight. And then, okay, one problem here is that now when you buy your next futures back, you you know, you're buying it at let's say it's a thousand, okay? So in that way, if that did happen, you, you don't want that to happen too many times because you've lost in effect now. On that hundred ounces, the difference between eight hundred and a thousand. No, I mean, really, I, okay. I did go the opposite way. It could go the opposite way, and, and probably over time, that you know, this would not happen enough. But uh, okay, this not okay. You called me on it. It's not a free lunch, right? I mean, you can't. It's not. There's no free money. There's always some risk that some, you know something could happen. But again, I think if you you know if you, if you do this the proper way, um, any kind of futures trading, you really need to be on top of your risk management. You need to be very careful about how you manage all of your money and all of your positions. That's right. But I think this is a relatively simple strategy. And again, I would recommend that you know a broker understand what you're trying to do. They might want to talk you out of it, but you know. Tom, I have a question. Yeah. Suppose you have the basis charts which we talked about earlier today. How does that help you manage this this strategy? Okay. Uh, if you have if you have a basis chart. Right. So do, do you get signals or exit points or entry points or what? Um, I, I, and perhaps you might be able to do that, but I was only approaching it from the perspective of 
recall earlier, um, we were saying that uh, if you enter into a uh, spread, uh, a future spread where you have your long, the nearby contract, and your short, the further out contract, okay. and there's a 4% contangle, let's say, and that contangle shrinks, oh, okay. so you're making money there. But right now, that's not the, you know, you couldn't do that. Now, two months ago, that would have probably been, in retrospect, an excellent trade. But now we're like right at even. And assuming we don't go into permanent backwardation, we're probably going to go back up into positive contango again. And so that's how I would say that this strategy would be more appropriate or would be an appropriate strategy, um, you know, to expect contango to sort of recover. Okay. But in terms of signals, I think you'd use the same type of thing. I think we had, you know, here, you know, so if you got, you had the, you know, the sort of the carrying cost or whatever here, with the base is positive, negative, right? And then you had it going like this, right? I would, I would presume to say that, you know, you would do it here. You would, you would sell the, f you would do this strategy, you would sell the club. No, no, you have the gold, the, the, that's there. Yep. You are not touching it, the gold is there. But now the question is, when do you write the call option? What signal are you waiting for when it's optimal? If you want to put it that way, then I would say, and I, I don't think it's perfectly uh, uh, correct, but I would do the call option here, and I would do the uh, futures here. Right? Because this will this will contract back down. Uh -huh. So if you're short the futures, it'll it'll you're going to make money just by the compression of that of the premium in the futures. Okay. And here, since the call option is you know doesn't have that contangle component to it, um, it's still going to be against the strike price. You'll work this earning the you know earning the upfront premium on the other on the okay. other. Okay. So you are not writing the call against gold, physical gold. You're writing the call for against a, a future position. Right. But I think what you said, it, it may even work if you have the physical gold. I mentioned it earlier too. It's just an additional step that if you did get, you know, as you know too, that, you know, if this was a, you know, a, a, this expired in, in, the, in the money, um, far enough in the money, you, you know, you may not, you'd have to come up with cash, either sell some gold or allow this contract to be delivered upon. But it seems to me you have two entry points if you do the future. You buy the future, that's an entry point. You sell the call option, that's another entry point. So you have more parameters to play with. I think you do. And you can actually just keep the long futures here and, and, and change between being short the call option or short the futures on this yeah. end, depending on where the contango is. Again, I don't, I, 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 intuitively I know that this should work. I just don't know really is it as much money as I think it may be because I haven't tested this exactly, this exact strategy. Sorry, Tom, um, the, there seems to be a correlation to me between the long futures price at which you're buying that at and the call option strike price. It seems that the long futures price must be smaller than the call option strike price. In this example, it is. That's, the, that's what we've provided. I, I, I don't know whether I'm reading too much into that as being significant uh, in terms of generating revenue. 
for yourself or you know is well, there a case where you're buying long futures at 750 and you've got to call strike price at 740 I mean uh, well that, that, I mean depending on what the what the premium is <laughs> but um, you know if you look at an option uh, contract you know, you know it's got yeah it's got it's got a uh, oh, I can't do it on a single chart like this, but there's a you know there's a time value and there's an inherent value, and what happens is that an option that goes from out of the money to into the money or vice versa, uh, the premium a lot of the time doesn't change that much because the time value gets replaced by the um, by the uh, intrinsic, uh, intrinsic value or inherent value. Okay, so what you really want to pick is you want to I think you're going to want to be out of the money, okay, and you really are hoping. In a way, I mean, this is a maybe a bad hope if you're long, but you don't want to have the gold price in those few days go up that much. You want you want the premium, this high premium, to, to sort of you know to go away. You don't want to go into have an intrinsic value. And the fact is, well, you know, something like ninety percent of options expire out of the money. So, you know. Statistics are with you in this one case. Very few cases, and you know that any retail investor. But this is something you could. I mean, you know, this is something you could easily anyone could do. I mean, I've done this for 15 years. Hmm. Not this exact same thing, but it works in bear long, market. Long futures and short, you know, because of this, you know. It does work in bear market too. That's when it usually works the best. <laughs> but I think even here, I think because of the contango, I think it may be a strategy that you can utilize. While you're waiting, perhaps for the for the other spread strategy with the contango returning to higher level. Uh, Tom, I understand that's nice for income, but if you want to recapture the contango, that is, if you expect it's going to go out, why don't you just uh, uh, short the uh, nearby and buy the further out? Future? Okay, because you're because there you know there's an unlimited because we don't know if that it's really going to go in this direction. Um, if it truly turns out to be a permanent backwardation. Professor said, you know, one ounce of gold, if you're not careful, if you're not short for some reason, you can take an infinite loss. Okay. And, so that's side. a lower risk this strategy. This would be a, it's a lower risk strategy for essentially doing reverse. I mean, mm. if you did if you did if you had very limited risk, if you knew that backwardation for some reason can only go to one percent, remember contango and gold and silver won't go that high because people will you know, buy gold and sell it forward to bring it back down. It's a risk-free trade almost, but there is no equivalent risk-free trade on the backwardation stop. Backwardation stop. If you put a stop, you limit your risk. Um, limit <laughs> limit up days, or you know. Okay. Um, so you know, limit. I mean, you, I said stop here too, but typically, you know, um, it's at some point you'll hit. You know, you'll be able to get something close to the stop probably. You got limit updates or whatever else happens in the market, you know, goes in $100,000 or whatever. You know, next day. So you get filled at $100,000, it's not good. Um, yeah. Tom, are you actually going to have this detailed in a paper for your members so that we don't have to write all this <laughs> the man with no pen. <laughs> I, that's, a, that's an excellent idea. Maybe I should segue into here what, what, what I'm going to do as part of this service that we're launching is called the Metal Augmentor. Uh, instead of writing it down here again, maybe Philip, when he sends out an email uh, at some point after this conference with the PDF files of some of these things, <coughs> we're going to repeat on there what the, what the address of this website is. But um, it's going to be open, I think, for maybe about another month. That's the rate it's running at. I want to get about four to five hundred people that are so-called founding members that I'm going to have sort of this uh, low, lower rate structure that I'm going to try really hard not to ever change unless we get like hyperinflation. <laughs> 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 so, 
keep it as low as possible. In that equivalent, you know, yeah. I mean, it's a bit. If I say hey, 87 dollars, and then suddenly, you know, six months later, it's like 87 dollars buys you a pack of gum. But I'm going to try for these founding members. I'm going to try to keep it really low. The other thing I'm going to do is that, as I mentioned earlier, you know, all the founding members will, you know, there'll be a special email address. And it'll bounce everyone else's email, so don't even, you know, if you're not one, then you know, we won't, we won't get it. But those will be the first emails we would, you know, we would answer. Um, the service itself, just as far as the basis, it's going to have some other components to it. Will involve uh, sort of three different different things at least. One will be just this, the, 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 the sort of a, a alert flag or warning flag for um, when we're moving toward this permanent backwardation <coughs> scenario. Um, and discussion about it too and why I think it is or why it isn't at a particular period of time. Uh, the second piece of it will be um, when I have ideas like this or just generally making commentary about the market where it, you know, let's say it's a 1% backwardation and I'll be just generally trying to relate that um, to the price of gold or lease rates or whatever else. It's just kind of a generic sort of commentary, running commentary on the basis. And then the third part will be sort of trading tools. There'll be charts uh, that actually trade the base or track the basis. Um, I may or may not have mentioned certain trading strategies, like I might say, this is an interesting combination of futures and options, for example, for a strategy like this. Um, and uh, the other thing it will include is, uh, and if, I, if we have time tomorrow, I'll go into this. Uh, there are specific charts that I've designed that uh, actually um, uh, provide basis reading, basis readings that that are that are relatively time consuming to produce. But you know, if I have paying members, I could do it every day. Um, each of you did it. You know, it might take each person half an hour. So that's a time savings for someone. So I'll, I'll probably have a few of those kind of charts, just sort of tools, so that you don't have to go out every day to you know to calculate the basis and all these different markets by yourself. Okay. I'll try to stay away from. Offering trading advice, yeah. It's because I, I don't know, you know, if I knew your specific situation, I was a licensed broker. Yeah, fine. different. I, I, just not, I just don't believe yeah. that one one size fits all. That's called metal augment or is that site? Yeah, metal augment or, yeah. Uh, oh. I can probably write it big enough to All one word. I'm just putting this in the second line so people can go see it. So. With an O over there. What about Silver Axis? Hmm? What about Silver Axis? Oh, dot com. Uh, I'm going to keep provide, you know, I'm going to keep sort of talking about things there, but I'm not going to get into, you know, very specifics. I'm not going to provide, you know, charts and tools and, and all these other things. So, and it probably, you know, Realistically, I'm not going to be able to provide the same level of commentary that I have over the last couple of months. And I kind of got a little out of control. So, but it may be something that you know, once a day or every you know, every other day, which is kind of what I was doing about a year ago. Um, I do want to keep that up though because uh, um, I think you know it's, a, it's sort of the public sort of face of things. But uh, this this will be the website. If you go there now, you basically what you have to do is you, you pay seven dollars, you get this uh, report that talks about. Um, that's up to 100. We have we found 100 different mining companies, not Australian ones. We're planning to get to it, but 
already found 100 just looking at you know the U.S. and the Canadian ones, where these companies are trading at a significant discount to their cash position. Um, so that's sort of the first thing we've done. But again, once this thing is fully launched in the next few weeks, um, my main emphasis will be on the basis and the, uh, the further development of some of the commentary that I've run on the Silver Axis site for the last couple of years. All right. This is the end of the afternoon session, and uh, I think it's been very informative. And tomorrow we'll gather again. There's no photo. If you didn't look good today, you're not going to look good in the future. This is it. See you tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you. Just, thing, just yeah. for a couple of um, people who talked to me, I'm just going to stay back and go into um, the how the Perth Mint trades with pulling banks unallocated. I mean, what happens when you ring up and buy? I and mean, how do we fund this value chain? It's going to be involving debits and credits. It's going to be boring and technical, and there's no profit opportunity like what you've just heard listening to it. But if you're interested in the accounting mechanics of how we actually operate and trade, which will go some way to explaining you know, how bullion banks use and how we use unallocated metal accounts, and, and indeed how this sort of leasing and stuff works, then in a couple of minutes, 10 minutes, I'll go through.